we don't feel it's our responsibility to regulate um, private schools in this matter. It's another public school attack. It's public school teacher tracking and targeting. Proposals about public schools passed in the Senate and House requiring online publishing of curriculum. Private schools are exempt from doing the same. Unlike the House version, the Senate includes millions of dollars in scholarships for private schools. For this body to deny the choice of education for any child based on their the ability of their parents to pay, that should be considered criminal. From Iowa Public Radio News, this is the weekly legislative podcast, Under the Golden Dome. Before the semester begins, teachers would have to post online all the material they use in a classroom. We do not need more red tape. In the Senate, scholarships would allow parents to help pay for private school tuition. But unlike public schools, private schools do not have to accept all children. Even for those families who would choose a private school, their child may not be accepted because of their religion or gender or sexual identity. Republicans say it's necessary and accuse some public schools of promoting a, quote, leftist agenda. I think they don't want their children to be politically indoctrinated. And the House passes a budget for the state's universities. We can't fund regents, zero. There's no increase to the university's general fund, but the bill has new scholarships. Uh, We have decided to appropriate $12 million for our new Iowa Workforce Grant and Incentive Program. I'm John Pimple. This is Under the Golden Dome for the week ending April 1st, 2022. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Parents deserve to know what their children are being taught. Republican Representative Phil Thompson floor manages a bill that will require K-12 public school teachers to publish classroom material online. Which include posting course syllabi and core materials on school districts' websites at the beginning of the school year, listing instructional materials used in classrooms, utilizing classroom management platforms, and providing parents and guardians view-only access to those platforms, listing books available to students in school libraries, creating and publishing protocols for reviewing library books and instructional materials, and posting teacher professional development courses administered by school districts. If there are changes during the school year, this bill requires those revisions to be added within a week. This bill exempts special education teachers from this requirement because their material changes due to the ongoing differing individual needs of their students. One of the common questions we've received is have centered around if lesson plans were considered instructional materials to be posted on learning management software. Republican Representative Garrett Gobble presents an amendment about lesson plans. This amendment clearly states that is not the case. Our intent is to provide access to materials to provide it to students, not lesson plans. This amendment passes with the support of Democrats like Representative Tracy Ellert. But Representative Ellert says overall the bill would create too much work for a teacher. As a teacher, I still have to look at the burden that this will create on teachers, especially in the K-5 through setting where they're going to constantly having to be updating these materials. Absolutely believe in transparency, but... I'm going to be a no on this for that reason. Um, Again, I do appreciate all the efforts that have been made for this, but um, it's still going to be a burden on our teachers. We do not need more red tape. Democratic Representative Mary Masher. When we have teachers that are now going to be required to spend a portion of their day writing down and identifying what they are going to be teaching in terms of materials, 
and updating that on a regular basis if they change any curriculum and have new materials that they are putting forth before their students, that's gonna take time away from learning. And to me, the most important thing we can do is savor and save that time teachers have with their students. Democratic Representative Sharon Steckman asks the bill floor manager, Republican Phil Thompson, to yield to questions. Who's going to police this? Who's going to find out if the teacher actually did what she said or he said they did when they put it online? Who's going to police that? The Department of Education. So the Department of Education is going to police every teacher in the state to make sure that they're doing what they say they're doing? So how, how will it, they do that? It'll be complaint driven. So if, if a student comes home and says, we were taught this material and then it's not reflected in their, um, in their platform, then that parent could issue a complaint and then that would go through a review process. Currently, this year we'll give about 104 million tax dollars to private education, and they're not included in this bill at all. They're not accountable for anything they're teaching at all. Was there a reason not to include private education in here, non-public schools? Uh, we don't feel it's our responsibility to regulate um, private schools in this matter. Democratic Representative Sue Cahill says if a parent objects to any book in the school's library, that title could be removed. A student might not get to read a book from the library that helps form their own view of themselves and their questions and struggles because someone with a different set of values had it removed for all students. This bill hurts students. It hurts teachers. It demoralizes a group of trusted professionals, and it feels like a gotcha to all teachers and administrators in our state. Republican Representative Garrett Gobble, who is a middle school social studies teacher, says having all the material online can help students and parents understand the material together. Not only will the students have access to the videos and articles at, in their classroom, they'll also have it available at home, or maybe they can talk to their, their uh, family members who maybe didn't have a traditional education, or they'll have access to school materials outside of schools. These transparency requirements reflect the best practices being used across our state. Republican Representative Phil Thompson says this bill is necessary, and during the first months of the pandemic, schools began moving in the direction of more virtual access. I've heard several times that teachers are already doing this, that parents have access to these materials. That's because teachers and everyone in this body knows that parents have a fundamental right to know what their children are being taught. This bill passes mostly on party lines. What's passed in the House does not contain any money to help pay for a student's enrollment in a private school. But in the Senate, a different version of this bill does. It is floor managed by Republican Senator Amy Sinclair. A scholarship system that uh, directs the State Board of Education to adopt rules for the application and administration of student-first scholarship programs that would allow for students of low and moderate income or students with individualized education plans to receive a scholarship to go to a non-public school of their choice. The maximum number of these scholarships is limited to 10000 with around $55 million in the first year. It's available for families that earn up to 400% of the federal poverty level. 
For example, a family of four with an income of $111,000 a year would be at the top end of that threshold. Democratic Senator Sarah Trone Garriott says unlike public schools, private schools do not have to accept all children. Even for those families who would choose a private school, their child may not be accepted. If they have a learning disability, or bad grades, or behavior challenges, or because of their religion, or gender, or sexual identity. This money would be deposited into a student's education savings account. Democrats refer to this funding for a student to attend a private school as a voucher. Rural Iowa doesn't benefit from this bill. Democratic Senator Kevin Kinney says public schools are often the only option for areas of the state with lower populations. Most don't have a private middle or high school option for sure. Public schools are the best and only choice. According to the National Rural Education Association, investing in vouchers reduces resources to rural schools and saves money for parents in urban centers. This bill also requires posting of curriculums, but it has more specific conditions. For example, it requires written permission for students to participate in subjects that involve some aspects of sexuality. It also allows parents to deny their children access to specific books that are in the library. Republican Senator Amy Sinclair says parents should be able to restrict what their child is exposed to while in school. What happens when a district's library and classrooms contain material that are inappropriate for the age of student and violate the parent's rights to direct the moral and educational upbringing of a child? At times during the debate, public schools are praised by Republicans. There are a lot of very good public schools in this state. But Republican Senator Jim Carlin accuses some public schools of promoting a, quote, leftist agenda to indoctrinate and sexualize the identity of children. Senator Carlin says in these cases, parents should receive some public money to help kids attend a private school. I think they don't want their children to be politically indoctrinated at such a young age. They're waking up to the coercion and the intimidation. And parents are now taking a stand. We saw that over the mask mandates, and we're going to see a lot more of it. Senator Sinclair says there needs to be more state funding for alternatives to public schools. The contents of this bill are what should happen when the institutions created by government oversteps the bounds of an individual family, and that family feels that their trust that they bestowed upon them for the child in their care has been violated. Senator Sinclair says right now enrolling children in a private school is mostly limited to parents with a higher income. It's the poor among us who have no choice. And for this body to deny the choice of education for any child based on their, the ability of their parents to pay, that should be considered criminal. This bill passes mostly on party lines. This is a priority for Governor Kim Reynolds, who issued a statement praising the Senate for passing this bill, and she encourages the House to do the same. This is the legislative podcast Under the Golden Dome. I'm John Pimble. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. House File 2575 is the 2023 Education Appropriations Bill. 
Representative David Kerr floor manages a House proposal that funds state universities, community colleges, and the Department of Education. It appropriates $1 billion, $4 million, $141,874. Most departments are proposed to receive status quo funding, like the Department of Education's General Administration. But the biggest chunk of funding in this budget, as it is for every year, is the Regent Universities, which includes the three state universities, University of Iowa, Iowa State University, and University of Northern Iowa. Uh, we have decided to appropriate uh, the $12 million for our, our new Iowa Workforce Grant and Incentive Program. I hope that that particular piece stays in the bill. Democratic Representative Cindy Winkler says members of the Senate committee did not meet with the House Appropriations Committee jointly this or last year. But because we didn't meet in joint subcommittees, um, it's a situation where we have no idea, at least from the minority party perspective, we have no idea what they're thinking. And so it is absolutely necessary. It's a partnership with workforce development, college student aid, and the Board of Regents, as well as as, um, other uh, colleges and universities that we need. The $12 million of new loans will be awarded to students pursuing education careers or those determined by the Iowa workforce development that are considered valuable jobs in the state. The maximum grant amount per semester is $2,500. It is paid to reduce student debt if the former student begins working within Iowa six months after graduation and stays for a full year. But as to increasing the funding to the regent universities... We can't fund regents, zero... There is no increase for the three universities. Democratic Representative Sharon Steckman says this is shortchanging Iowans. Everything's status quo unless it's a pet project of someone in the majority party or the governor. And we had over a, we had a billion dollar surplus. The governor did propose an increase for Regent Universities. Democratic Representative Dave Williams proposes an amendment for the House budget to do the same. I stand with the governor's office by recommending that we make this appropriation in line with with, uh, what the governor's office recommended, and that is increases of $2.6 million for the University of Northern Iowa, $5.4 million for the University of Iowa, and $4.3 million for Iowa State University. This would amount to about a 2.5% increase, which is in line with many of the other increases in this year's education budget. Earlier in the session, the state supplemental aid for public schools was increased by 2.5%. The university's general fund appropriations were reduced in 2020, then held flat in 2021, and now are proposed to be held flat again this year. At the same time, the 2021 Higher Education Price Index, HEPI, and I'm choosing 2021 to uh, get back before COVID as much as possible, uh, rose 2.7%. Now, interestingly, faculty salaries in HEPI make up 35%, and faculty salaries went up just 1%. So if HEPI in total went up 2.7, that means the ongoing costs of things like daily operations and utilities went up more than that 2.7%. So if we could appropriate this 2.5, we still wouldn't be uh, catching up in any way, but it would be a, a big move in the right direction. 
While this budget isn't horrible, I'm not super excited about it either. Democratic Representative Tracy Ellert. We've offered um, lots of wonderful amendments tonight where that could have been done. Um, We really missed the ball when we didn't fund the regents. In addition to funding the new Iowa Workforce Scholarship Program, we didn't fully fund the community colleges. We didn't increase the funding for Early Childhood Iowa beyond giving them the allocation for their new database. Um, So I appreciate some of the positive things we did in here and some of the amendments we passed tonight, but there was still a lot of room for improvement. Floor Manager Representative David Kerr says the proposed $12 million worth of grants is helping the three state universities. Although we may disagree on how to fund our region universities, I believe funding the students is the proper way to go through our Iowa Workforce Grant and uh, incentive programs. With that, Mr. Speaker, I move House File 2575 as amended. The bill passes 58 to 36 with two Democrats voting for and two Republicans voting against. There isn't a Senate version ready for debate yet, but these budget bills tend to be a bit different, requiring the chambers to eventually compromise. One bill that always has differences between the House and Senate almost every year is one that would change the 43-year-old beverage container redemption law. For the first time in many years, one of those bills passed in a chamber. The Senate passed a bill that would give redemption centers more money per container and allow retailers like grocery stores to legally opt out of redeeming bottles and cans. The House has a different version, and this week that chamber was scheduled to debate it. But it was pulled from the schedule and House leaders say they hope to author an amendment that will serve as a compromise so the bill can pass in both chambers this year. I'm John Pimple. This is the weekly legislative podcast, Under the Golden Dome. The script editor for this episode is Iowa Public Radio News Director Michael Leland. Story help comes from Iowa Public Radio's Statehouse reporter Katerina Sestari and from Iowa Public Radio reporter Grant Gerlock. Digital team support for this podcast comes from Caitlin Troutman. If you haven't subscribed to this show, we're nearly at the end, but you should do that now wherever you like to listen to your podcasts. Under the Golden Dome is a production of Iowa Public Radio.